welcome to Waiting for Review, a show about iOS development and the Apple ecosystem. From Wellington, New Zealand, I'm Dave Wood, and joining me from Devon, England, is Dave Knott. Christmas Day itself was was cool. It was just as we like to have it, which means it was us and the boys, and we did sort of presents in the morning after coffee, (laughs) Um, and the kids got us up as a, a, a decent kind of time. Yeah, after that we had pancakes for breakfast and then just just kind of chilled really. Um I mean like even food wise we didn't really do like a massive roast or anything like that and the weather wasn't good enough to have a barbecue so we essentially put everything on in the oven that we would have put in the barbecue and then had like a buffet sort of dinner. Really, really low key and chilled. Oh nice. Yeah. Uh, but you, I know, I know you were doing something a lot more British traditional and a bit less chilled. I think from from what you were telling me about your your kitchen situations. Oh yeah, the cooking cooking for eleven. <laughs> <laughs> now, to be fair, some of those eleven are like like one of them's Charlie who eats basically nothing. So maybe it's like <laughs> more like ten. But yeah, <laughs> it wasn't so bad bit. actually. Um, I say it wasn't so bad. I quite enjoy doing it anyway um so yeah it's just a case of you know the, the big old turkey and all the all the veg and all the all the trimmings and stuff and it, yeah it went well awesome. i don't i don't mind it in the kitchen as long as i can kind of be left alone yeah it's it's when i, I get kind of people that want to want to help and i know they mean well but i'm not a very good people manager so it's kind of like by you offering to help now brings an overhead of me needing to like manage you to make sure everything's going to work out okay um, so it's probably easier if I just do it myself, which sounds awful, and it's kind of like not in the spirit of Christmas at all. Um, but I think if I'm going to be kind of cooking for that many people and for it to turn out well, I just need to be left alone, really. Fair enough. Yeah, you've yeah. got your your method, and you kind of need to just just do that. Yeah, I mean, I always find with the roast, it's fairly fairly simple because you're just kind of counting back from the time you want to eat. And as you count back, it's kind of like, well, if the potatoes take two hours in the oven, then it's kind of time to eat minus two hours and the veg is time to eat minus 40 minutes for the, yep. you give the water time to boil and then put the veg in and stuff. And then, yeah, if if I have to like throw in a human into that mix, I have to manage and sort of keep on top of what they're doing. Um, yeah, I find it all falls apart really quickly. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm just, yeah, maybe a bit of a Scrooge in that sense when it comes to cooking Christmas dinner, but... Yeah. it's that sort of cooking that um always makes me sort of think ah oh, i need like the perfect timer app for this scenario <laughs> and, and i very often in the past when i've been making roasts i've sort of drifted off into this thought of, of like okay i'm gonna make a, a timer app that would do this that and the other and i'm sure they must exist well i find the the echo is pretty good for that yeah um because you can say you start a timer for the potatoes and then you could say start a 30 minute timer for the veg and start a one hour timer for this and you know stack them all up right and it's pretty nice in, in that regard um i think that's what the home pod couldn't do when it launched I, I don't know if it can now i haven't really been following it no i know that was a big complaint that you couldn't have multiple timers on it and it is something i make quite heavy use of in the kitchen that's cool because I, I yeah i've not tried using siri to do the same sort of thing i have no idea if if it could and thinking about it you only really have the one timer visible yeah yeah, so probably not. I think there was a HomePod update relatively recently. 
And I don't know whether the multiple timers was a thing that got included. Part of me wants to say, yes, it was, but I can't be sure sitting here. Um, yeah. But I think that's a pretty um, must-have feature for me now. Because it's great, because I can just be like, I don't know, say chopping carrots, and the potatoes are already going. And I can yeah. say, um, you know, hey thingy, um, how long's left on the potato timer? Right, or, yeah. yeah. And then it will say, you have six minutes and 31 seconds remaining or something. And I say, oh, cool. Now I know roughly where I am and I can, you know, keep going. Yeah. It's nice. It works out well. well that's cool. That's, that's really cool. Yeah. I, I couldn't imagine using a HomePod in the kitchen though, to be honest with you. So it would have to be something else. Yeah. Yeah. I think Apple need to make a little, yeah. Apple need a cheaper thing. I think almost like the yeah. hockey puck equivalent that you can plug in to sort of bring your own hi-fi kind of thing or, or just accept that it's going to have a really lousy speaker inside it, similar to like a mobile phone speaker that you might get in an iPhone or an iPad or something that is no good for music, but is good for like just doing the timers and, you know, telling you what the headlines are and what the weather's doing, that kind of stuff. The HomePod, I think, is probably a bit too much for me. Well, a lot too much for quite a lot of people. Even just having that on Siri and having Siri capable on my iPhone would be enough because, you know, chances are I've got my iPhone on the go playing podcasts or something, or I've got an iPad doing the same sort of thing in there with me. That, that will be enough. Uh, but that would, that would require a better Siri than we've got. Yeah. I was thinking about that the other day, actually about, you know, I heard, I heard like one of these news stories that Siri is really bad and (coughs) everything else is really good kind of thing. And I started thinking about it and it was like, I look at the way I use my Echo and I think it's really good, but then I don't really ask it to do an awful lot. And I just wonder whether there's something there, you know, like all I really ask the Echo to do is set a timer and then play certain music. And most of the time I just say play some music and it will just randomly find me something that I might like or that it thinks I might like quite often I don't like it and we have to start all over again. But it's almost like the the use case I've got for the Echo is really quite narrow. So right, and, and the way in which I ask it to do things, you know, play some music, set a timer for the potatoes or whatever for thirty minutes. It's not an awful lot that it's got to get right for it to seem really good, because I don't really yep. do a lot with it. And I wonder if I start started to um, mess with it a little bit more. I'm not sure how. Maybe I could get into the smart lighting side of things with it. Um, yeah, it's probably gonna you're gonna find edge cases when you start trying to link it up with with other things. I guess is probably gonna be the the big deal rather than things it can do inside of itself quite nicely. Yeah, I think with Siri, the thing is the reliability, isn't it? I always find Siri to be quite unreliable, even when you say the same thing twice to it or multiple yeah. times to it. Whereas the Echo is pretty damn good, but then I, I think, well, I'm not really asking a huge amount of it other than you know play insert artist name here and it goes off and plays it or sets a 30 minute timer for the carrots that's essentially all i ever ask it to do (laughs) you're probably well with inside the range of things that it can do quite well in in that case you know you're not really setting out stepping outside of its um domain that far yeah um i was thinking the other day though i i wanted to do something where, where i was on the other side of the house and my Mac was plugged in on the opposite side to, to the room that I'm in right now. And I raised my phone and I thought, it'd be awesome if I could just sort of say, hey, turn on my Mac. 
and it would like bring it out of sleep on the other side, you know, send, send some sort of magic ping or whatever to it and, and, and do that. And it just gave me this message back of, I'm sorry, I can't, I cannot do this or something along those lines. It was very sort of like, this is not something I can do. And then it got me to thinking, well, I don't use Siri on my Mac because it just kind of gets in the way. You know, I, I, I turn it off and certainly not on my, my work laptop on the, on the um, laptop that I've got that's got the touch bar Siri often gets in the way until I've sort of disabled that as best I can but even then it seems to still rear its head every so often in certain circumstances but I do occasionally use Siri on my phone so it would actually be useful if I could sort of say hey my phone activates and then I can give it a command that is meant for another device and I, mm. I don't think that's something that can be done right now so you know hey open x on my mac or do do blah on my mac yeah um and i've just realized i've I've just used keywords and phrases all the way through that but (laughs) (laughs) well maybe if whoever edits this maybe we can put in some beeps (laughs) yeah yeah but no i do wonder whether like the echo has naturally got a bit of a head start in terms of its reliability because it's one of the things that you would naturally use it for a lot due to the nature of the devices, music and sort of timers. And I don't know, the device almost kind of makes you hone in on those two things by default. That's like a lot of the key things that it does. Whereas with Siri, especially when we got Siri on the phone, it was kind of like, well, what does it do? And then you just start yeah. asking it all sorts because you just don't know, you don't know where the limits are. And then inevitably it comes back a lot of the time saying, I can't do this, or here's a web search for blah, or whatever. Um, yeah. I do wonder whether, even with Siri being as reliable as it is today, if we were to get Siri today, but only on the HomePod, whether Siri would have a different kind of image in terms of its reliability. Because I think if it came just on the HomePod today, people would just instantly start using it for music. And I wonder whether it'd have a, because that's like a clearly defined use for it and people's expectations are set almost out of the box that I talk to this and tell it what music I want and it plays it, whether it'd have a higher hit rate of success versus kind of this is Siri and you can ask it to do anything and then inevitably it can't do everything and it lets you down a lot of the time. Yeah. I do do wonder whether it would have a a better image now because I keep thinking like if they do come out with like a Siri 2.0 or something, could they even call it Siri? It's almost like Siri's got such a bad name now that they might have to call it something else. Yeah, yeah, I could see them doing doing that as well, which I think could be a shame. Actually, in some ways, it sort of feels like maybe there's still some opportunity here to kind of uh, revamp Siri rather than having to completely sort of ditch it. But yeah, it feels like... I think you're right. It feels very much like Siri is a sort of jack of all trades and master of none in terms of what it kind of tries to be. And yeah, if if we had Siri um, come out brand new today specifically for the HomePod or something like that, then yeah, I think I could see it being a lot more sort of honed. And I think that's a, is part of the problem is the, the, that um, fine tuning and... Uh, specificity that you see over on the the Amazon devices is not able to be there um, because 
yeah, like you say, Siri has been always on the phone from the start. And I think discovery is a big deal as well. Do you know, like like you were saying before, you, you try and say, you know, can you do this? Can you do that? Um, hey, Siri, this or that. And you get, I can search for that on the web for you. Well, there's only so many times you hit that before you sort of think, I'll just not bother then, shall I? I'll do it myself. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I have, I have seen my kids use Siri a lot more. And I think that's because they actually find it kind of amusing or, or get something out of just sort of trying to find the right combinations of things to say to it. And again, the way they're using it is relatively limited, I think, as well. Um, just in terms of like, uh, li- literally just asking Siri to open apps and things like that which I think is fundamentally quite lazy when you're on the device and it's there in front of you, but (laughs) they find it amusing, you know, hey, Siri, open Minecraft or whatever. Um, And yeah, so I do wonder like whether some of that is just me kind of being, uh, I'm an old man, you know, I I, I can type faster than I can say that. So I'll I'll just swipe down and open something off through Spotlight or whatever. Hmm. Although you can actually type to Siri on the Mac, can't you? I only found out this relatively recently. You can. Having turned it off uh, as much as I can, um, I've not really experienced that. Yeah, it's one of those things that I know is there, but I just never use now. It's kind of weird. But Yeah, well, hopefully, um, hopefully Siri will keep improving. Didn't they poach somebody from Google who's now just been made an SVP, Senior Vice President at Apple? Didn't catch that at the time, but sounds likely. Yeah, I think like relatively recently, like he was hired back in the summer, maybe, and now I think in the last few weeks he's been made a senior vice president, which I suppose shows you that Apple are probably taking the Siri situation quite seriously and are trying to address it. Um, so I guess with Siri shortcuts now being in iOS twelve, it's all it's all pointing in the right direction rather than it just kind of being left to stagnate there's progress every year you know we've had progress with extensions the year before and well a couple of years before we we ended up with the shortcuts so that's good right you know we're getting new things each year as devs i'm just kind of waiting for the the light bulb where everything seems to just kind of just work and that may just creep up on us in a way um there was a a there's someone that does a like a survey of like google home amazon echo and homepod and they ask them all the same questions and they report back on which one answered the most questions correctly. And I think year over year, Siri's had a huge improvement this year. So stuff is happening. So if you kind of, you know, fell out with Siri last year and just thought, well, I won't bother using it then. Well, actually behind the scenes, it probably is improving massively. But again, you may have dismissed it last year as a technology you'd want to use and it's improving. So it's almost like Apple need to draw you back in, in a way. And, And I don't know how they do that. Um, I suppose they could, uh, well, short of TV ads, um, highlighting it and maybe sort of push notifications, but then that kind of goes against how push notifications should be used, even though Apple break their own rules on that. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's difficult, isn't it? It is. I think a, a puck, a cheap speaker of some sort, um, for for kind of more general sort of kitchen use or whatever, yeah, that that would probably help. You know, if if that was to be timed with um, 
with with better capability and a bit more depth in terms of sort of the use cases that you would would have for that um then that might do it uh, it's not going to do the home pod much good at that point but no but then if that little puck thing was cheap enough that lots of people bought it and they were using it for specific use cases and it had a fairly high success rate then that may give a bit of a halo effect to Siri on the phones and the iPads and everything else yeah and it may reintroduce people to Siri like oh Siri suddenly gotten better and then oh this is the same Siri on this little hockey puck thing that's cheap that's on my phone and that's on my iPad and then maybe I should go and check that out again um yeah it, it does make me wonder whether they just need to come out with something if different you know don't call it siri call it something else and have a big push <laughs> behind it because it does kind of feel like it's uh yeah it's it's bad at the minute but yeah i don't know <laughs> we shall see and and i guess that's a a bit of a lead into kind of where we are at the time of recording this really which is sort of at the end of, of 2018 and kind of looking out towards the next year and what may or may not be sort of happening and, and going on. Mm. Um, and I think I, I'm certainly been spending some time over Christmas just sort of thinking about uh, what am I going to be doing with, with my apps and you know everything that I've got running under RoboHeads. And actually, I kind of feel like I'm floating really with all of that at the moment. It's, it's sort of, I feel a bit adrift. I think okay. it's probably fair to say. Um, but you, you've got plans, haven't you? You've got plans for um, for ReadList over the next year? Uh, yeah. Again, that name is still st- uh, still subject to change. <laughs> it's kind of, I guess that's like a code name at the moment. I'm not entirely sold on that. What that's going to be the final name for the app. But um, yeah, we'll go with that for the sake of this discussion. Um, yeah, I, I guess where, where I am really at the moment is kind of... Um, it's a like an out of hours project so i've i've as we discussed a couple of episodes ago i've now got a day job again so development for this is kind of taking place evenings and weekends and um obviously with a new baby in the house as well that it's uh, <laughs> challenging to yep. to carve that time out and but that's okay because again like we said a few episodes ago i i decided that if i'm going to do this it's going to be on my terms and I'm not going to stress myself out about it if I don't get enough time to do X or Y on it. Um, so, yeah, the thing I've been thinking about is when it's finished, what do I do? Um, and I think that could be something that kind of creeps up on me in that, you know, at the moment I'm kind of like head down in development and all I'm thinking about is the code and then when I've got something, when it's finished what do I do? Um, do I go back as a limited company again? Do I just release it under my own name? Um, it's kind of like as yeah. a sole proprietor slash individual on the app store. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm, I've got that in the back of my mind and I don't know, it could be one of those things that creeps up on me and then all of a sudden I need to make a decision. So I'm trying to be a little bit mindful of it now. Um, and I don't have an answer. I don't know what the right thing to do is. I I kind of know what my feelings are, but I don't know what the right answer is. Um, I guess right now, I mean, keep in mind that I had a limited company until not very long ago for my apps that I shut down because it wasn't making enough yep. money to pay for itself. Just even like the administration of keeping the company open, the apps weren't bringing in enough. 
So essentially I was paying for other people to have my apps, which I can't really afford to do. So there's a little bit of hesitation around doing that again. Yep. Um, so kind of like a little deal I've kind of struck with myself is that it would probably be sensible to release it under my own name to start with. And then if I have like three or four consecutive months where it earns more than X, and I don't know what X is yet either, <laughs> that's a number that I still need to kind of fathom and work out. Yep. Then I'll make the call of, okay, this is kind of something. Some it's, it's, it's more than just like, you know, something that gets me a little bit of like pizza money every month. This is like a, a thing. And I guess I, at that point I'll make the call to roll it into a limited company. I don't know. I mean, that's just kind of like rough thoughts I've got. I don't know if you've got any thoughts to bounce back on that. Um, yeah. So I think it's probably good for you to set a couple of lines in the sand in terms of, okay, if it hits this point, I'm going to consider it through this, this net, uh, through this lens of should it become a limited company again? You know, should I do this again, create a limited company to house the apps and, and manage everything through that. And you should set a tipping point. You should set, um, probably a couple of metrics, I think, is my gut feel here. One one is that you set a metric for revenue and you set a metric in terms of like month-on-month -month growth or something like that in terms of active users or the volume of new users that you've got. Something uh, something of that, that nature that kind of gives you, you've got the financial, which is what you're going to need to run it, but also having the, the kind of growth or new user metric in mind, then that gives you an idea of kind of sustainability because you might have seen just as a hypothetical your first um three months could actually have been quite an amount come in because you've managed to do a big launch kick up a load of interest and you've had that initial kind of everybody comes in and and, and downloads the app you, you make a load of money in that stage and it looks really good you know and if you've got a, a subscription model in or in-app purchase or something you may even sort of see that the initial interest actually creates a bit of a lagged effect in terms of people coming on board and, and, and spending money with you as well. But that will peter off after a point, depending on how you're able to kind of keep the PR going and, and that sort of stuff. So um, just revenue might not give you a full picture. And even revenue month on month may not give you a full picture. You need to sort of see that you've got the, the volume of people coming through the door as well. Um, so probably tracking a couple of things, it's going to be a good call. And you might even want to look at other sides of sort of the, the sales funnel and that side of things as well. Like whether you can be improving the volume of people hitting your, your website or a conversion somewhere. And then maybe with those things combined together, that gives you enough to sort of say, yep, yeah, this, this looks really quite viable. Um, the, the reason I kind of frame it like that, and it's something I've been thinking about as well for sort of future bigger endeavors um when i launched go vj i found that i managed to do the sort of brilliant kind of launch and got a lot of numbers in a lot of people through the door in that first um week um and then it kind of had like this half-life effect over the next sort of six weeks out so if it was like 50 people through the door on the first week it was 25 on the next and and, and so on right. so i had this sort of tail going on and and if I've made a decision very early in, you know, in terms of its viability and that sort of stuff, I, my, the the reality of what it's become was was quite different. So, but by by setting um, 
a limit with yourself in terms of okay it's got to be at least three months of it doing these things then, then that should give you perhaps a, a bit more stability and sort of saying yeah this is a goer this is good yeah i think three months is probably probably a good amount of time to measure something um and, it, and i don't mean like three months from launch i just mean you know if say one month i make enough that yeah that month would have been kind of worth it being in a company then start counting from there yes because um, i mean the the way i look at it is if i do it as an individual all i need to do is pay for an app store uh, developer account and then file a tax return once a year uh, yep. and that's and that's it and i can do that tax return myself they're not complex especially when it's just you know as simple as you know paying for a couple of bits of software and a developer account for the kind of outgoings and then you keep track of the incomings which is just one payment every month or so from apple um yep. th- that that's not hard to do um so yeah i mean that's kind of the easy way um then if it turns into a limited company that then becomes a lot more complex from my point of view to the point where i then have to start hiring in outside help such as like accountants yeah um i mean the advice i get from like people sometimes is well even if you're just doing it for yourself get an accountant but i think really if it if it's just me with an app on the app store i don't think i need an accountant for that i don't think there's enough kind of money being made and being spent to justify an accountant where they could maybe help you with taxes and things yep it seems like there isn't enough there to have enough tax saved for it to be worthwhile getting an accountant involved um but when it comes to a limited company i'm very very quickly kind of out of my depth so that would mean getting an accountant on board from day one of the limited company yeah um and i kind of feel burnt by that already because that's what i did last time i had a limited company all set up before i even had a product to launch um, I probably jumped the gun a little bit by about three months. So I was paying for an accountant for three months. And then every month thereafter, it kind of seemed like I was kind of chasing that break-even point. Um, right. So that I could, you know, the accountant's been paid and then everything after that is kind of my money, if you see what I mean. Um, and that actually does, a, you know, tip the balance quite a bit because I was, I'm, I thought I had a pretty good deal with my accountant last time. I think I was only paying about £50 a month, 50 or £60 a month. Um, I think it was 60 towards the end because kind of, you know, their prices go up a little bit year over year. Um, yeah. And also I think I had some, I, I went up to a higher package on the uh, accountancy software I was using. Um, but anyway, um, yeah, 50 or £60 a month I was paying. And, and even then other people that were kind of, familiar with dealing with accountants were telling me yeah that's a pretty good deal you, you, you've done well to get that almost yep. like um i don't know whether the whether the accountant almost took pity on me when i first met him um and kind of thought yeah I, I won't need an awful lot doing because it's just again like i said a few invoices going out um for me paying for stuff yeah you're almost doing all all the work if you're using stuff like zero or whatever as well well yeah you know exactly. of getting the info to them there's there's not a lot for them to go through other than just checking a spreadsheet down and i guess yeah. it's simple enough that they've not got to think too much about you know where, where these things go when they, they do your returns yeah i mean it was you know six or seven bills that i had a month you know things like backblaze yeah. and you know, <laughs> the, the the usual suspects and then one payment from apple so i think yeah maybe he thought you know i, I can do him a deal but that doesn't mean to say i'll get the same deal next time 
No. Um, it might be if I went to a different accountant, it would be a very different story. Or if I went back to the same accountant, it could be, well, I can't do it for that price I did you last time because that really was quite cheap. So, yep. yeah, um, I definitely need to have kind of a good sense of regular good money coming through the door before I consider setting up shop in that way again, I think. Yeah, and to, to that end, prospective accountancy costs and that sort of thing should be part of your, your kind of uh, calculation in terms of what viable means to you as well. So yeah. a, a couple of quotes from a couple of places when you start getting nearer to thinking about that will be probably a good idea. You know, okay, in order for this to be valuable, it's uh, X minus Y equals C in terms of profit or whatever. You know, you work out all of your outgoings. And mm. it's it's funny, I, I suspect if you're going to look at kind of, uh, you know, what that should be, and assuming like, you know, almost worst case scenario, I've got to go with the most expensive accountant um, or whatever, you know, that offers what I would need. Because obviously those costs can go up and up and up depending on all manner of things. But, you know, the, the basic package with every single accountant in my local area, most expensive one of those. And then you do that at the same sort of thing for your other costs. And then that gives you an idea of, okay, the viability for revenue is all of these factors subtracted and obviously taking Apple's cut out of the picture as well and that sort of thing. Mm. Um, and then you can track that at that point. I mean, gut feeling is if I would, if it was to be making two, £250 a month, uh, say three months, then I would feel, okay, this is probably worth wrapping it up into a company. Um, if I could kind of project that that money would sustain itself and hopefully grow um yep because you know if if i don't do that if i just do it as an individual it, it almost doesn't matter if it doesn't make any money because besides like the, i think it's like 80 pounds once you've done the exchange from dollars to pounds for the apple developer account yeah i don't there, there are no other costs um so it's almost like a, a costless endeavor in a way um but then as soon as you start, you say, talking about limited companies, accountants, things like that, uh, then it becomes kind of a real thing, if I'm making some kind of sense. Um, yeah, no, you are. You really right, are. It's, it's now a real business and it's got revenue streams and outgoings, whereas before it's like, it's just me and I've got an app on the app store and it might make me some money. And if it doesn't, yep. I've just lost like 80 quid on a developer account. And Well, you can probably, cut your losses quite easily, can't you? Yeah. And I'd probably have the developer account anyway, so I can get just paid to have the beta things that I like to have. So, um, yeah, I I think in, in a way it kind of feels like a safer bet to start off as a you know just an individual on the app store because if it doesn't make any money, then I can just walk away and and that's fine, and I haven't lost any money. I haven't had to pay for yep. a big setup of a company and ongoing costs for an accountant, and then have to tear it all down like I did last time and the cost involved with that it's um yeah or even just like in terms of your your time you know actually kind of like there's a bit of time there in terms of you've got to engage an accountant you've got to then make sure they've got everything they need uh you run things in a certain way to make sure you're giving them all of that and you've got to check off the return each year and there's that kind of background i certainly feel a background stress of making sure things are filed at the right time uh and so for me there's definitely an element of a feeling like well if you can can do without that until it really sort of becomes 
kind of critical to do so, then then great. You know, obviously you've still got to take time to file your own individual return and make sure stuff's accounted for properly there. Um, and that's something to be aware of, and that's just as serious, really. Uh, but it's also a lot more straightforward. And if you don't really care about kind of, you know, making sure you've um, taken everything as a de- deductible that you can, the risk there is that you then end up paying more tax than you should. And if you don't, if if you're essentially not making an awful lot of money anyway, and then it's that plus your normal uh, salaried income from your day job, well, uh, it's much lower, lower overhead in yeah. terms of, of, of what you have to do personally. So that's, that's also a good thing while you're sort of in, in the starting stages of a project. Uh, but, but back to your point, back to where you're at with, with your projects, Dave, I think, what you're describing really for uh read list or whatever it becomes it, it, it makes sense to me in terms of like kind of uh taking off from the ground first rather than jumping and diving straight in yeah um you know see if it's working right give yourself some metrics to kind of feel sure uh, and, and like i said i think you should have more than a financial there should be some sort of user growth kind of metric going on there as well just to sort of be kind of certain and and i think also because like you were saying if um 250 is enough to sort of start considering putting an accountant on or whatever and going limited well that's great but maybe you want to be kind of certain that it's looking more like it's going to be 300 within six months because of your growth or whatever yeah, yeah. doesn't necessarily need to be fantastic but if you see that it, it's kind of trending up it also gives you a bit more a bit more reassurance that if you keep doing the things you're doing that have proven to be good for the last three months or whatever, then you should not be kind of worse off. And I mean, obviously you've got to keep track of the metrics and and make sure and um, that, that things don't sort of seem to be trending down, which has a tendency to happen when you sort of take the foot off the gas in terms of promoting and that sort of stuff. Um, But if you see, if you can track, uh, what what progress means to you, what viability means to you, and keep tracking it. You set your limits. It seems sensible to me. I do wonder whether just the tone of this conversation has been like unnecessarily negative. I mean, we're sat here talking about two hundred and fifty pounds, which really is quite a small amount of money. I don't know whether, yep. <laughs> you know, whether I should be like more optimistic, like yeah, um, this is going to be really good and it will be a success and. I don't know. I don't know whether I just instantly come to it now from like a negative point of view. Like I'll be lucky if I make anything. That's kind of like the tone that's kind of like the undertone of this conversation it kind of feels like, yeah, you know, it would be lucky if it makes anything much at all. But so it's that, probably that not is... worth spending any money on it. But I feel like that's kind of, it's been sort of demonstrated to me how hard it is to actually make some money on the app store. Uh, at least that's what I found so far. I feel like I've been trying yeah. it for years now. Um, you know, probably best part of, six years and it still hasn't worked yet but i'm gonna keep trying but i kind of feel like i don't know whether i'm a a bit of a fool for trying again i I, I don't know i'm adamant that it can work it's just i feel like i haven't managed yet if you know what i mean well i think that's 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 the reason for us being negative right that that's experience and that is the reality for an awful lot of people in terms of putting apps into the app store and, and what then happens you know, it is difficult and making that amount of money is is no mean feat on its own. And I think anybody who's making, you know, even even just a hundred pounds or something um each month they're doing well. 
that to, is to have well, gotten something say. to that stage. Yeah, so Very well. there's, there's a bit of reality there. Um, but equally, you're weighing this off as well against the idea that you're going to be doing this in, in quite a low-stress uh, sort of approach you know this this is very much a side activity to you so we're also then talking about well okay this this is kind of that side activity becoming more than a side activity and but i but so with that in mind i think actually keeping your expectations fairly fairly low is probably a good idea just in terms of like not changing the dynamic of what it is to you to develop the app that's maybe where I went wrong last time with setting up the company because I kind of thought to myself, right, you're a company now, uh, you're all set up, ready to go, let's <laughs> yeah. uh, let's start making some money. And then I kind of launched my apps, and then it kind of became apparent quite quickly, like, oh dear, <laughs> this is uh, this is really difficult to make money at. And uh, yeah, I think maybe I'm sort of once burnt, twice shy, maybe with that, or several times burnt, several times shy. Because, <laughs> I mean, don't forget, before that, I was releasing apps under my own name before before I got to the stage of setting up a company. Um, True. The apps. So, yeah, I'd kind of, I felt like I'd already kind of failed once as an individual. Now I failed again as a company, and now I'm trying again as an individual again. <laughs> so, <laughs> third time lucky, maybe? I, I don't know. Um, yeah, part of me wonders if, you know, it's a bit of like a foolish endeavour to keep trying. It's like... Yeah, they say the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again. Um, but I, I feel like, I, I do feel like there, there, there could be something here. Um, and every time I think about what I want to do in my life, this is what I always come back to. Um, not necessarily yeah. just making iOS apps for anyone. I'm just, I'm, I mean, like kind of being an indie iOS developer, like making products. Um, so I feel compelled to keep trying and, Keep trying, I shall. (laughs) Okay, we'll call that a wrap. If you've enjoyed today's show, it'd be great if you could leave us a review on iTunes or if you could leave us a recommendation in Overcast by hitting that star button. That will help us reach even more like-minded people. Um, Also, we have our Slack channel. We'd love to invite you to join. Our hope is it can be a really great place for fellow developers to come and hang out. If you'd like to join, uh, just leave us a message on Twitter at WFRpodcast and we'll get you signed up. So, Dave, before we run off, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter at DWRoboHeads. That's RoboHeads spelled with a Z. And you can find my apps at RoboHeads.com. Again, that's RoboHeads spelled with a Z. How about you, Dave? You can follow me online at DaveNot.co.uk or on Twitter. I'm at underscore DaveNot.com.